0: Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross-Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Welcome everybody. I believe God wants to boost our faith. God wants to minister to us in such a way as to change us. You know, church shouldn't be some place and ministry shouldn't be something that's just simply ministering to our intellect or even just ministering to our emotions. But the Word of God should touch us deeply to our, to our core. And it, it needs to change the way we th- we think. Yet we, we need also spiritual power that touches our lives. And so, you know, if the Holy Spirit isn't poured out in everything that's done, there's such a void of power. There's a void of what we need to make things happen. So, without the power of God, without the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we are missing out on the very purposes of God for this hour and for this generation. If you remember, um, years ago, 2,000 and some years ago, um, the Word of God didn't really go all over the earth. I mean, it did, but it was not in a great measure. And there were a group of people that carried that word, the Jewish people. But then uh, there was a change. And not only did Jesus rise from the dead, it was more than that. The Holy Spirit was poured out. And that was when they went into all the world. And that is when the world was changed. They had truth before. They had the intellectual knowledge of God before. They even had faith What they didn't have was that Holy Spirit outpouring. Jesus told them, wait, don't go out and tell the message until you've had this experience. And so he had the disciples wait for that Holy Spirit experience. Why? Because that is the key to kingdom expansion. It's the power of God. I not just say that today because I want you to begin to think you know what? It's not just about me. It's not about me be doing this or that. It's about, yes, me, but it's getting God on my side. It's connecting with the Holy Spirit. It's having the power of God working in me. It's having the kingdom promises working on my behalf and me connecting with those. Now, I just want to mention to you today here as we're going that you know there might be some of you here who you have some pretty great problems to overcome some issues to overcome. Maybe they're on the inside of you, stuff you're trying to deal with. Maybe there are issues in life. There's certain kinds of crazy things going on all around you that you don't understand. And I want to declare to you that all you need is faith. All you need is faith. If you will apply faith The other things will come. Direction will come. Open doors will come. Uh, What you need to do will come. But all you need is faith to get your breakthrough started and to end up with your breakthrough. Faith, amen? Now there's this word, and it's a story that's recorded for our benefit in Mark chapter 9. So we'll read that today. It's in chapter nine and um, verse fourteen is where it starts, and so um, Jesus had just been on the Mount of Transfiguration. He just had this amazing experience. He's glowing, so to speak, with God. Remember, the disciples saw him like, "Whoa, he! What in the world's going on? It's just crazy how much glory is on Jesus." So he's coming down from this mountain. And when he came to his disciples in verse 14, he saw a great multitude around them, and some scribes disputing with them. Now, I just think that's the craziest thing. scribes disputing with the disciples. Can you imagine what it might have been over? I think it had to be it was probably over what was just happening, OK? Um, so Jesus is probably seeing it. And he's probably, you know, at that moment going, hmm, look, look at that. I wonder what just happened. So now immediately when they saw Jesus, all the people were greatly amazed. Oh, wow, there's Jesus. And they ran to him and they greeted him. Jesus, you know, and, and then he asked the scribes, What are you talking to them about? I, I think it was sort of like, uh, I don't know, it was almost like. He knew it wasn't good, whatever it was, right? And then one of the crowd answered and said, um, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. Now, it's interesting to me how many times people in the Word of God would say, Jesus, um, this person has a demon. Or things would be classified as demonic in nature. And uh, I don't I can't remember one time when Jesus ever said, no, this isn't a demon. Uh, Every single time uh, he would cast the demon out or address the demon or, or something. We don't do that much today. And I'll tell you, there are so many demons around and demons are still alive and well. And people need to have them cast out of them just as much as they did back then. And, um, and, I, and I would just say, you know, we need to just get past this uh, being uncomfortable with spiritual things because it's a great hindrance to the gospel. It's a great hindrance to the power of God. You know, in the early church, when, the, when people looked at history, they classified a lot of things. You know, this was going on, this was happening the first couple of hundred years. And one of the things that continued very strongly for a season after the resurrection was the deliverance ministry and people getting devils cast out of them. It was just part of what happened to people as as the gospel went forward and as people were growing in God. Amen? It's just part of what happened. And it still needs to happen today on a great grand scale. I was thinking of this story recently. It came to my mind. It's just so interesting to, to individuals. I mean... Um, someone called me not too long ago, uh, from there out of, out of Houston, they don't live here. And I said, Hey, I have a relative that lives near there and they're having the worst problems. It's got to be demonic. It's got to be demons. Uh, they can't sleep every day. Voices are coming into their heads and they, they went on and on about all the things that are going on. And they said, uh, I was just calling to you to see if you'd be willing to help them. And I said, sure, right? And so then, then the person, his mom actually called me, even though he's, I think he in, was in his 30s. His mom calls, and um, she brings him over, and he was telling me all this going on. I mean, it was some of the most crazy things. Now, I, would just, I have to explain this. There are many different kinds of, of evil spiritual forces in the earth, Everything doesn't work just in one way. It's very, very multidimensional, right? And so things, some things are more intense and showy. Other things are not. But that doesn't mean that they're not spiritual. But anyway, this guy was telling me some of the things and they were some of the most crazy things happening in his life and in his house, particularly if he'd be alone. All the things that would start happening in his house were just the craziest thing. And he would say, look, I'm not crazy. I've not been like this my whole life. I'm just telling you, these things are going on in my life. And, uh, you know, he would talk about these voices. He said, these are clear. He says, if I and I try to, to go and, you know, put, put things up in my head to keep hearing them. And they'll, they'll go through the pillows. He said, one time they started coming through the, um, the uh, uh, speakers. Uh, he said, and I was, he said, I could not believe it. Oh, and, I, and he said, I unplugged the, the speakers and, because they were actually being amplified through the speakers. He says, I unplugged him. And he says, you won't believe this. It still continued. It did not stop. And so uh, anyway, he went on and on. And so um, I, I shared with him about Christ. Um, found out maybe some things he'd sort of given his life into that sort of maybe have opened the door. I don't know that everybody has opened the door that way. I just think some things are just there for who knows whatever reason. And I don't think you can always figure out how they got there. But anyway, here he is. And I just remember as I I prayed for that young man. And, um, you know, you could just see when I prayed for him. I mean, his face began to contort. His whole body began to change. You could tell something was taking possession of this man's body. And, um, man, you could see him. He was like he was, it was him and it was also this thing. He was sort of wrestling with it like, What's going on? And um, and then and then uh, <laughs> and then boom boom the thing left him. He threw up some kind of stuff right there in my living room. Thankfully it was in a vase he used. But um, then the guy's backing up and he's going, man, that I just I just gotta sit back and process what just happened. And He was so joyful. He was so happy. Um, And the next few days, His mom just kept calling me and saying, He's doing so great. Those voices are gone. He's perfectly sleeping. No issues. Right? And I just want to mention this. So many issues that we have today are spiritual, but we don't recognize it because we are the Christian world is not very spiritual anymore. The rest of the world is becoming more and more spiritual because we are spiritual beings and we sort of gravitate toward that if we are willing, right? But the Christian world is more afraid of spiritual things than the world is. Y'all see what I'm saying? And it is time for the church world to wake up, to recognize we live in a spiritual world, although we can't see it with our natural eyes. By faith, we can learn what it's like. We can read the Word of God and recognize there are spiritual things happening all around us. There are angels working. I mean, God's angels, good things happening. And we have to pray that the power of God come. That's a very real, real force in the earth that is amazing, that changes these things that are working behind the scenes at such an intense level. You know what? I don't want to just be a part of a church that just has good messages. I've never desired that. I don't want to just be a part of a church that makes you feel like you're with the hip crowd and the thing that's happening. I don't want to just be a part of a church that has good little programs and can fill your mind with good intellectual things and nice stories to make you feel good. I want to be a part of a church, I mean a group of people, who get together, who want the power of God, who understand the power of God, and they recognize we've got to have that power. Yes, we have to love each other. That's the most important thing. Without that, the power means nothing. But praise God, you've got to have the power too. Amen. What Paul say? The kingdom of God's not words. I don't want to hear their words. I don't want to hear how eloquent they are. I don't want to do that. I want to see their power because the kingdom of God does not exist in words. It doesn't exist in eloquence. It doesn't. It's, it's not about all of that. It's about the power of God. And He says, "And I made sure when I came that we're going to see a demonstration of what the Holy Spirit and the power of God." Let me just say this. If you've been afraid of the things of the Holy Spirit, you need to get over that. That is something working on the inside of you that's anti-Holy Spirit. Alright? You might go, Oh, I'm not anti-Holy Spirit. Well, if you're afraid of the things of the Holy Spirit, something is in your flesh that needs to get broken. And I can say, when I remember when I got saved, man, I I was afraid of the Holy Spirit stuff. I mean, I would always just say pray and you know i prayed all the time before i got saved before i gave my life to the lord i prayed to god and then i had this encounter with god and the holy spirit came on It's the holy spirit that changed my life i think i've I've shared this probably not too long ago but when i was in that meeting that day this was a small group of people but the power of god was there i'd rather be in a church of 10 people than in a church of ten thousand that doesn't have the power of god there I don't care about all the stuff they've got going on. And so I was in that little church on campus with college kids. I mean, almost everybody there was a college kid. I don't, I mean, there's probably less than a handful of people that had graduated. Uh, and, you know, the pastor and his wife weren't in college anymore. And then um, and and the minister that day wasn't, and maybe just a few others. But anyway, The guy's preaching and somewhere along the way, my whole body starts shaking. Now, I don't know what was going on. It was uncontrollable. My whole body was shaking and I was, I'm going, I was embarrassed about it. I was trying to make it stop. I could not make it stop. I'd never had something like that happen to me. I was on the back because I was very shy about that kind of stuff. And, and I, you know, I knew that that church was one of those Holy Ghost churches. You know, so you come in and they're there and they're worshiping. Some of them are singing in tongues. They're enjoying God. And I'm at the back going, oh, my gracious, you know, I've been taught. I've been taught, you know, this, I don't know if this is good stuff going on here. But, but I was there and somehow there was a peace about it, you know, and then the guy starts preaching somewhere along this message. The way I describe it now, I did not know that then. But you see, I'm a guy that, and I probably had who knows how many demons on the inside of me, honestly. So many issues, so many things I'd given into, crazy thoughts in my head, philosophies of this world, strongholds, and there I am sitting on the back row. This guy is preaching. And somehow, the again, I didn't understand this then, but the Holy Spirit came upon me while I'm listening to that message in that room. And church, we need to be able to pray. We need to have the power of God here so that when people come into this place or even when they get online, that the Holy Spirit comes upon them and begins to attack or break whatever things have been holding them back from going forward in God. You see? And it was the power in the place that day. Man, when the power is present, anything can happen. But if all you want's a good little, I want to feel a little bit better. I want to feel, get my guilty conscience that I went to church today. Oh, I know not, you know what? If that's all you want, that's about all you're going to get unless you just like I did stumble into something that day. And so anyway, I'm there. I'm shaking. My, body, my legs are shaking. And I'm on the back and I'm like, I felt like everybody could see me, but they can't, they're not even looking at me, but I'm going, I can't believe this. I could feel my neck doing like that. I could feel my body. I, I, I could hear my foot popping the floor and I'd go, oh. it, it was, um, it's the oldest building at UNC, right? And um, I, back then, you sort of dress up when you go to church and I had on um, hard heel shoes, right? And so, and, and this was the oldest building I don't know if you remember that building or not, but anyway, it's actually got Scriptures on it. Scriptures on the building. See, people are like, oh, you know what? We have to separate church and state. Well, that's not the way they understood it back then. This is the oldest. UNC is the oldest public university in America, if I remember correctly. And it had Scriptures on the first building they put up. Think about it. Committing it to God. See, you just say, oh, you know, (laughs) they didn't understand separation. The way the devil has gotten in there and brought it into here. But anyway, they had, they had a wood floor. I guess it was the original floor. My foot was, I was going, like, right. oh my, I can't even make it stop. And then I became aware. It was just so clear to my mind that man's going to tell you something. I don't know how I thought that. I just knew that. I just, I just knew it. And so I put down my head and I said, God, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And then when I said that, I thought, I can't tell God that. And so I thought, I said, God, if that man wants to tell me something, see, because that's the, I didn't understand how the Holy Spirit worked. I said, God, if that man wants to tell me something, I don't want to hear it. Because I knew I, knew I couldn't say, God, I don't want to hear you. So I, but I said, but if you want to tell me something, okay, if you want to tell me something, then I'll listen then you can tell me it's okay. And I looked up from my prayer just like this and the man was looking at me. He just started looking at me and he goes, young man in the back. He points right at me right when I look up. Young man in the back with the red tie on. I didn't know what to do. I haven't seen this. And of course, this is funny to me now. If you've not been in these Holy Spirit churches, you won't think this is funny. I've never seen that before. So he did that to me. He goes, young man in the back with a red tie on. And I'm going, Elliot Warren. (laughs) 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 Then the guy begins to give me a word, man. He tells me about my life, tells me about my compromise, tells me I need to repent. I mean, we don't have many people give prophetic words like that. I'm glad I got it because it was the change I needed, right? He addressed a lot of the strongholds in my life. But I'm just, I was mentioning that whole story to emphasize this point. We need to have the power of the Holy Spirit in our midst. It needs to be where we are. We need to see people getting their breakthroughs. We need to see lives being changed. We need to see the power coming on people, setting them free from the things that are on the inside of them. I've been walking in darkness for so long. I've been a compromiser for so long. Man, that weekend and that day, boom, something happened and changed my life forever. Amen? Anyway, here he goes. Let's go back to where we were. I brought my son who has a mute spirit. He's got a demon. Amen? And as I mentioned, they're multidimensional. All of them don't do the same thing. You know, um, anyway, like for example, what I just went through, right? I didn't have a mute spirit, but I can guarantee you I had some things inside of me I needed to get set free from, all right? Whenever it sees him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they ought to cast it out. Please cast it out, but they could not. <laughs> Uh, now, they could not. Now, look, look at this. This man needs a miracle. He's hearing miracles are happening. Jesus and His disciples are doing miracles. Whenever it sees them, throws them down, thumbs at the mouth, etc. So, he's telling this to Jesus. He's gotten excited. He hears there's, there are miracles happening. And he's taken his son... What's happened to his son? His son's got epilepsy and he's mute. Right? And so, he brings the son to these disciples. These disciples pray for him. or Actually, they were casting out the demon. And guess what? I want you all to listen to this. It didn't work. It didn't work. Um now if you're this guy, what are you going to think? Well, these are the top guys. These are Jesus' right-hand guys. There's others that follow it, but these are the ones right here. They've been they've been screaming, praying, confessing, casting out, and there's no change. What would you think? Now I just want to ask you this. Have you ever believed God for something and you thought it was in the Word and then you step out and it looks like it's just not going to happen? Does that mean it's God's will? That it's not God's will, I mean? You see, so many times when we go through the process and we think we've done what we're supposed to do, what we'll do is we'll back up and go, well, I've done what I'm supposed to do. I've done this, done that. It must not be God's will. It must not be God's will. You know, for some reason, you know, could you imagine him telling his his boy that day, for some reason, you know, God wants you to have epilepsy. We don't understand God's ways. Do you, you, you see how we can get some thinking in our brains? Right? That, that becomes strongholds because of Something that happened and somehow uh, we didn't have the right perspective about it. That happens all the time. And I believe this is the most natural response to, to what we go through when we're asking for a miracle. When we need a breakthrough. When we are believing God for something and we don't see it happening. We begin to think, well, maybe it's just God's will. Maybe God doesn't do this kind of thing anymore. Maybe there needs to be some kind of special situation. Did you see? And, and I believe that's exactly what began to happen in this man. So, so, so then look. Jesus says this and goes, O faithless generation... Oh, faithless generation. Faithless doesn't mean it the way we use that word exactly. It means without faith. Oh, no faith generation. The other verse, another translation says, O oh, unbelieving generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Now, here, the first thing he's noting is the problem of the whole issue The problem, why the miracle didn't happen, why the boy didn't get delivered, why the boy didn't get helped. There's a problem here. And what is the problem? Oh, faithless, no faith generation. Oh, unbelieving generation. The problem here had nothing to do with God being willing or not willing to heal this boy. Amen? It had nothing to do whether God will do it. It had everything to do with belief. Do y'all see that? Amen. Amen? Has everything to do with belief. He says, unbelieving generation. You see how we were talking earlier about we are a very unspiritual generation of believers for the most part? He says here, oh, unbelieving generation. He's not talking about the world. He's talking about the people of God that He was ministering to at that time. The Jews, the disciples, everybody, unbelieving generation. He is saying, in our culture, at this time, in the church world, there is such a culture of negativity, of unbelief, of speaking way below what ought to be there. When something bad happens... The wrong words come out. When, when something doesn't work right, the wrong words come out. It's a culture of unbelief. It's how we define everything through unbelief. And he's like, he's like, it bothered him so badly. Oh, generation, generation, this group in this hour, this culture that's in the church that is full of unbelief, it's permeating everything all the time, you see. Now, I want you to think about this. Who had unbelief? We'll see in a minute this man did, but the disciples did too, because later, and if you can look in Matthew later and read the story, you'll see it there. The disciples go, Jesus, how is it that you cast that devil out and we couldn't? And he said to them, because your faith is so little. That's exactly what he said to them, isn't it? Oh, oh, really? Man, we were starting to think it's because you didn't want that demon to come out. No, he says, because your faith is so little. And what does he tell this man right here? Anyway, look in verse 20. They brought this man to him, to Jesus. And when he saw him, this is, I don't know how this works, but they brought the boy to Jesus. Jesus. When the demon saw Jesus. I don't know if the demon looked through the boy's eyes. I don't know if he could just see everywhere and the demon can turn around inside the boy and look around. I don't know how that works. But when the boy was close to Jesus, I believe he looked and I believe the demon saw Jesus through the boy's eyes. That's what I think happened. I don't know. But when when it says... When, when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell to the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. That's like me shaking in church that day maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But you see Jesus comes, the guy that sees him. He's just come off the Mount of Transfiguration with the glory of God all over his life, by the way. And this demon's like, Oh, no. (laughs) I'm telling you, we got to have the presence of God back in the house again. Amen. He just gets near this presence. And the presence of Jesus, the presence of God, and the thing begins to convulse. He's having a fit. He's having a fit. Exactly. That's actually what we call it. So... He falls on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. Man, that's a sad thing. There's nothing embarrassing about it for the boy, but I'm sure he was embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? Some people have issues. They feel horrible about what, they are, what, what happens to them. And it's just not physical things like this. It's other things too. People have issues that cause them to be a certain way, to do certain things. And I am telling you, Uh, the power of God is available to set people free. So he asked his father. Jesus asked this boy's father, how long has this been happening to him? And the the man goes, from childhood. That's a curious thing to me. I've, I've wondered, why did Jesus ask him that? Did Jesus need to know? Maybe. You know, I believe Jesus was receiving from God the whole time. If you look at the story of the woman at the well, I believe he starts the process. He says, I can't do anything except it come from God. You see, he had to be dependent on God to sort of give him insight as he's going forward. He's at meeting with the woman at the well. God's giving him insight as he's talking. And he begins to give revelation to this woman, right? Here is, is Jesus in the process and he's just, he's just going, I'm going to go with the flow. I know, I'm, I'm going to know exactly how to get... Re- I don't know. I don't know if that's what he was doing. I think... I'm not sure, but I think what he's doing is just being compassionate to the man. He's showing he cares about his life. That's what I think he's doing. Man, how long has this been happening to you? How long has he been going through that? Wow, right? He's connecting with this man and his pain a little bit. That's what I think is happening. The man goes, This has happened from childhood. And often, he's thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy Him. You see, that's what the devil always wants to do, is destroy you. Mm -hmm. But if you can do anything, have compassion, which is what Jesus has already been demonstrating to him. Have compassion on us and help us. Now, Jesus doesn't then turn and put the burden on him. Jesus is going going to do it. But what he was doing is trying to help the man first, but not necessarily the boy. And he speaks to the man and what's going on in the man's heart. He says, If you can believe... All things are possible to him who believes. He's looking at him, and he tells him that, you see. And when he, when Jesus looks at the man and says, "If you can believe, all things are possible," it was such a statement. I believe it pierced the man's heart. And when Jesus said that, um, this it's clear to this man uh, his issue. And he says, immediately, boom, it hit him right in the right place. Man, is that not amazing? How that word hit him in the right place. That's exactly what the man needed to hear. Do y'all see what I'm saying? How many times Jesus could have given a philosophical answer? He just looks at this man. If you can believe all things are possible. See, the man says, can you do this? Jesus could have said, oh, sure, sure I can. But that wasn't the need. And that wasn't, you know, that's not what needs to happen. Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, looks at this man, gives him a word from God. Boom! <clears throat> it's the man straight his heart. Oh! Immediately he cried out. I, let me back up to what I was saying earlier. You see, what does the Bible say happens in a church that's filled with the power of God? Everybody's prophesying. The secrets of men's hearts will be made open to them. And they'll go, oh, God's here. God's in this place. Do y'all see that just happen to this man? This man got a prophetic word. I'm calling it a prophetic word because really it was an inspired word, which is what I believe that the Bible says we're supposed to have in the church. Amen? This guy comes. I got this need. I got this need. Here's what you really need. In in other words, he comes with a word from God. Cuts through all that stuff. And immediately, just like that, he's got an encounter with God Himself. It's right in here and it's boom. Oh, oh. I've been working with these guys this whole time. I mean, oh my mama. My, my. And then he cries out because he sees the issue in him. So what Jesus said, what can you do? Can you do this? He's asking Jesus. And Jesus goes, can you do this? It's available to all who will believe. He he brought it back to that guy, (laughs) and then this guy, this guy uh, goes. It says um, immediately he cried out and said with tears. I mean, think about that. It it's so real to this man. He says with tears, "Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief." Wow. We'll get back into that in a minute. And Jesus saw that the people, when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Now, we don't know this, but I believe when the man saw his unbelief, it it cleansed him of it. In other words, he realized that was wrong. He's like, oh my, oh my. I see that. I see it now, God. I see it. I believe, but I also, I I believe it cleansed him of it. But in any event, here it is. Jesus rebukes the demon. Deaf and dumb spirit come out of him. The spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead. So that many said, oh look, he's dead. I mean, that thing was so in his body. I mean, think about this. He didn't have control over his body for that moment. Do y'all see that? Now, I want to say this because a lot of people need help. People think because they have certain kind of drives and emotions and and certain thoughts have come to their mind strongly, they think that's them. And so you have a lot of people today going around trying to find their identity. So something will put drives and desires in their flesh. Maybe they open the door. Maybe somebody will say, oh, maybe even though you're a man, maybe you're made to sleep with men. Maybe you're beyond that. Maybe you're supposed... This is how crazy our world is. Maybe you're supposed to be a, a man that sleeps with a man. Or, maybe you're actually supposed to change and be a woman That's. I mean, it's really ridiculous and it's going to keep getting darker. As bad and crazy as this world is right now, it'll keep getting darker You when you think it can't until the light comes on. So, you see... People have drives, spirits, things forcing their minds, their actions, their thoughts, their emotions in certain directions, and they begin to think, well, what's wrong with me? Or is this me? Am I this? Am I that? Am I supposed to be with that kind of person in life? And then, and then they become more and more confused go down a deeper, deeper hole of trying to figure out who they are, making worse and worse decisions, and there's never going to be the end of the tunnel going there. You you see what I mean? Well, it wasn't too long ago that, um, you know, people from certain backgrounds of, of, I would just say, where the enemies just come in, right? In certain areas. They begin to just uh, say, well, you know, this is who we are and we just want our rights. But it's not about that. There's something deep on the inside that wants to be validated, that wants others to say, yes, that's right. That's who you are. That's a good thing. And it it will never be satisfied. And it keeps wanting greater acceptance. That's why they go to their elementary schools. Well, if they will accept it, if everyone accepts it, um, if everyone becomes that way, I mean, it'll, you see what I'm saying? That I will just tell you, there's no end to seeking that. And you might have a variety of other kinds of issues today. And and until we beca- begin to be more spiritually minded and recognize the power of spiritual forces to come and to work in us, um, we're going to be blind to that. And until the church is able able to get to the place where the power of God is resident and can really help people get set free. All we're going to do is intellectualize them. We can, you know what? If we tell people Jesus gets set free, shouldn't they get set free? Do y'all see what I'm saying? Are we like these disciples sometimes that can tell people, oh, Jesus sets you free, but then we never get Him set free? I'm not saying we never get them set free. It happens. I'm just saying, well, where is our mind on this? And church, where are we on this? You know, that time when Jesus says, they, they said, Jesus, why couldn't we cast it out? And Jesus said, because your little faith. And then what did He say? But this kind only goes out through prayer and fasting. Oh, you mean we're supposed to pray and fast to get the devil out? Well, maybe that's what Jesus meant, but I don't think he meant God get the devil out. I don't think he meant that because that's not what he did, right? If he means, if that's what he meant, he meant a prayer life, like because he just came from the Mount of Transfiguration. He'd just been spending time with God and he comes and that thing came out. He didn't come in front of that epileptic child and go, okay, let me go pray for you right now. Let me go pray for you right now. And he goes and he just pray And comes back, did the devil leave? No. So when he tells the disciples, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting, maybe he meant, you need to have a deep prayer life, it's going to come out of that. Maybe he meant that. Maybe he wasn't addressing the demon coming out. Think about this. The The... Epileptics there, they can't cast them out, and Jesus does. And He says, they're like, Jesus, why couldn't we cast that out? Because of your little faith. But this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. Maybe He was talking to them about what's in them. Doubt and unbelief. You see what I'm saying? That demon didn't come out because of the littleness of your faith. But this doubt and whatever's on, on unbelief and stuff, that's only gonna come out if you spend time in prayer. And you spend time seeking God. Amen. But I just would say, church, we can't just show up, not spend time with God, not seek his face, not be pulling on the power of God to be in our lives every day. Not be pulling on the power of God to be in our church. We ought to come early before church. I can't wait uh, to, to, till church fills up again. I just can't wait, and because I love to see the power of God fall like that, and I can't wait till there are a group of people that say, "I want to be a part." I'm going to get there early and pray. I'm going to be there when we worship. I want to learn how to flow with the Holy Spirit. I want to learn how to worship. I want to, and these are all in the Word of God. The Word, the present says, "Come through these things." And we can make that happen. I'm just saying here, um, you've got to have a vision for that. You've got to begin to desire it. You've got to begin to know it's part of normal life. Too many believers don't care about it. I just would say this too. You know, as long as believers have something to occupy themselves with, you know, oh, I'm happy living like I am. Oh, I'm making a good income. You know, so many, they'll just go do that. They don't care about more of God. They're busy making millions, they'll spend more time making more millions, right? And I'm not saying money is bad or making money's bad, but I'm just saying sometimes it's hard to prioritize at the level that we need to, the things of God in order to have the power of God with us. Amen. Y'all see what I'm, I'm trying to communicate here? So, anyway, I just I want to go back to this one thing he said here. To him that believes all things are possible. Why did he tell this man that? I believe he's he's trying to do two things. Number one, he's trying to get rid of doubt. That was there, remember? I believe, but there's doubt. And he says, all things are possible. What Jesus is saying is you need to expand your boundaries a whole lot. All things. I'm not putting a limit on this. Wherever your faith goes, all things are possible. All things can happen. Wherever your faith goes, ask, believe, it shall be done. Did y'all see what I'm saying? So he's trying to unearth that doubt so he can see it. And he's trying to to expand His borders of faith. I want to just share this and for you to think about it. If you read verses like this and verses like the one like in Matthew 11:22 and 23 where, where Jesus says, if you speak to that mountain in your life, so to speak and command it to go. It doesn't matter how big it is. In fact, he used a literal mountain to illustrate it because he's trying to get the picture there that there's nothing too big for God. He points to a literal mountain explaining a spiritual truth. And he says, if you were to to command that mountain to go into the sea and you have faith and believe, it's going to happen. He's not telling you that just for some crazy kind of intellectual, well, well, you move on to the next verse. If you read that right there, that should blow your mind. You shouldn't read that and go, hmm, that's something so mysterious. I guess we'll never really understand what he meant when he said that. You know what he says there? He goes, truly I say to you. He's going, I'm not joking. L- listen guys, I'm really serious about what I'm saying right here. I want you to take this seriously. Seriously. Truly, I'm telling you, if you will look at this mountain, command it to go and throw into the sea, go into the sea, and you believe and you don't doubt, it's going to happen. Whoa! Do you not see the strength of that? And it's the same message that he's given right here when he tells this man if you believe and don't doubt, all things are possible. Everything can happen. It doesn't matter that it hasn't happened before. It doesn't matter that, you haven't, that you've been prayed for and it didn't happen before. It doesn't matter if you've been prayed for by the most anointed people on the planet and it didn't happen before. God's looking at you and He wants to encourage you today. He wants you to get out of those doubts that have caked up on the inside of you from whatever didn't happen in your life and He was, wants you to know If you will believe God, all things are possible and nothing is impossible. Move those boundaries out. This kind of word, man, I am telling you, if it does not shake your life, if it doesn't remove smallness from your thinking, it's not in you then. The Word of God is powerful. It's active. It creates faith but it's got to be on the inside of you. Alright? This Word won't do you any good if you just go home, you don't think about it anymore until the next time some preacher mentions it. Right? The Bible says this, the sower went out to sow seeds, and he's talking about the Word of God. Some landed on places... Where it called the wayside, where it didn't go in the ground. Jesus tells them later, You know, it's the same seed everywhere, but the one that didn't go in the ground can't produce any fruit. You might get the Word of God sown on you today, but there are many things that can keep it from growing. And I'll just mention one because that's all I've got time for. But if the seed of the Word of God is on top of your heart and not in your heart, it's not going to do you any good. How do you get it in? Well, He explains in Matthew 13, it comes through understanding. Oh, is that intellectual? Just a little bit of it is. It's mostly the light coming on. The light coming on. That's understanding. God enlightens us. God gives us understanding. So, you might read this and go, hmm, well that means this. But when you see it, the lights come on. Faith comes by what? Hear. Yeah. What do you think it means to hear? Are you thinking that just means... now? This is how it happens. But is this what it's saying? Is he saying faith comes by being in church? And that's not what his point is. Faith comes by hearing. What's hearing? Hearing by the word of God. No, that's next. What's hearing? Just what's hearing? What's spiritual hearing? What is it? Listen. Hearing is the light coming on. Faith comes by hearing. Many you ever you ever hear your, your mama tell you? Um, you didn't hear what I said. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. Now, that's not the way my mom says it, but I don't want to imitate my mom. <laughs> okay. You didn't hear what I said. You could say, yes, I did. Well, your mom knows you weren't paying attention and you really didn't hear. Right? Now, I have to say this, and I'll confess right in front of my wife, right? I've learned a skill over time after being married. My wife can be talking, and then she'll go, after two hours? No, I'm just joking. She'll say, are you listening? And I have developed the capacity to recall about the last 20 seconds and so i just stop back and go, um, yes, you just... Now, actually, sometimes I actually am listening, by the way, honey. Now you'll never know the difference when I recalled and when I really listened. But it looks like I listened, right? Because I heard the words, but I wasn't listening. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by the light coming on. How does the light come on? on? Through the Word of God. Faith comes from hearing. How does that happen? Through the Word of God. You can hear the Word of God when I'm preaching. You can hear the Word of God when you're studying. But the light has to come on. You've got to hear. Stay in there as long as you need to, but pay attention seek ask apply it to your life hear the word it won't do you any good unless you hear the word okay it can happen while you're listening to preaching but it's not just the preaching it's the hearing while the preaching is going on that makes the difference it's not just getting into the word it's the hearing that comes from the word when you pay attention. Take heed how you hear, because according to what you receive, you're going to get more. To the one who comes with a big bushel basket seeking, you're going to get even more. Praise God. You can, you ought to all just say, man, I want to get into the Word of God this week. I want to start hearing like I've never heard before, because I know if I do that, what am I doing? I am planting that Word deep in my heart. And I would say this, most of those verses... We went over today to the two basic ones. To him who believes all things are possible. And the other one that says almost the same thing. In fact, it says, if you, if you ask and believe and don't doubt, it shall be done. Not it might be done. You look at those two things there and most of us read things like that and we just keep on reading. You know what that means? We're not hearing. If you hear it, then you've got to go, oh my, oh my. You know what you have to do? As long as you're going to oh, my, you just keep on reading it. Keep on thinking about it. you got to get that Word deep on the inside of you. Now, if you've got small prob issues, so to speak, small faith, you've got things in front of you, you don't know what to do with them, you don't know how to go forward. Um, if you need a miracle in life, if you need a breakthrough in life, I'll tell you what you should be doing right now. You need to be putting that Word that we just read today in your heart. Don't just think, oh, well, let's just see if it works. Well, you don't know if it works until you get it on the inside of you. That's how it works. You got to hear. You got to get it on the inside of you. Then it'll produce a fruitful field for you. Amen? The Bible says when another guy, Jesus talking about a farmer, says uh, the kingdom of God works like this. Seed gets sown. And it's in the, you know, then you got the water. Then, what, then after a while, it begins to grow up. It begins to grow, right? That's what the Word of God does in our lives. Amen? So, how are you going to get this deep down on the inside of you? Yes. Hearing. How are you, going to get, how are you going to get the light to come on? you got to spend time in the Word. Hearing comes through the Word of God. you got to get that Word in front of you, whether it's through preaching. You can listen to this message if you can endure doing that again. Or you can, you know, you can do whatever, but write this verse on an index card. I don't even know if people use index cards anymore. That's so old-timey, right? Put it as a, you know, my wife has her dog. She didn't put me on the phone anymore. So It's the dog now. (laughs) Yeah, the dog on the, so she puts her light up on the phone. It's a picture of dog. She didn't show people her husband anymore. She says, look at my dog right there. Well, you could put a scripture on that page, right? I guess, right? You could do that, I would imagine. You know, put whatever's ministering to you, whatever's giving you life, whatever's helping you. Put that there and meditate on it. We meditate on the Word of God to get it in our hearts. We chew on it. We think about it. We apply it to our own lives. And then what do we do? I'm just giving you a real quick thing here. That's number one. Then what do we have to do? you got to start speaking that out of your mouth. When that situation comes to you, comes to your mind, you need to say, Oh no. All things are possible to him who believes. When a little thought comes up, you're going to fail. Oh, no. All things are possible to the one who believes. Oh, things aren't going to go well for you. Oh, no. All things are possible to the one. There is power in the spoken word. I don't have time to even hardly get into that today. But it's all throughout the word. Jesus spoke the word. Jesus never thought a demon out. He said, there's a demon in somebody. Let me think him out. Let me resist him. Did he come out? No, Jesus, is like, get out of him, because God uses words. Words are powerful. You shouldn't just try to think your demons out. Cast them out, Amen. And then, And then what do you have to do? You have to do whatever the word says. Faith isn't perfected until you've acted on it. You know that? Faith grows from the word, but it's not perfected, it's not completed, it's not finished till you actually do something about it. What do he tell this guy? You got to believe? Boom. He repented. What does, it say in, um, what does it say in Matthew 11? Man, it's the most powerful thing. Speak to your mountain. What? Speak to your mountain. We'll talk more about this later. But do you speak to your mountain? And if you don't, why not? If you don't speak to your mountain, why don't you? It's because the Word of God in that verse has not done its work in you yet, and you've not acted on that word, and you've not benefited from that word because you, maybe you go, Oh, that's too spiritual. Oh, maybe I don't understand. Oh, maybe it's the word of God. Oh, maybe I tried that and it didn't work. Let me just say, Keep going deeper, keep getting stronger. Oh, man, I was going to share something. You know, just think about the junk going on in this world today. The devil will try to resist you at every level, right? You remember the Moses story? So many people, oh, witchcraft isn't real. Oh, that's a, I mean, seriously, you don't, even, you don't believe the Word of God. It's so irritating. I saw this lady talking the other day and she was in witchcraft and she was just telling, you know, she got out of that and she's exposing it and telling them all the demonic stuff that was happening. Just, and the point is like, you know what? You'd be surprised how many Christians, they, they don't even not just believe in God's power, they embrace all the demonic stuff happening in the world. Their little children are practicing like, you know, they're, they're witches and things like that and looking up to that. and I mean, a whole bunch of different things they bring into their home. It's the craziest thing. She said, it's just, it's just super crazy. But what I just want to say is, there is a powerful work of God through the Holy Spirit. The devil does have power, but you've got more power. That's why God says, I've given you power over all the power of the devil if you don't walk in power you don't have power over all the power you need power to be over the things of the devil do you see what I'm saying you just walking around feeling like you don't need the Holy Spirit and you don't need the word of God and you don't need this supernatural stuff happening in your life you're just putting your head in the sand I'm just asking you to wake up man I got so many things just I'd like to share but Why don't we stop right here, but I want to pray for you first. And I want to pray that whoever is dealing with some spiritual things, maybe you've been thinking it's natural. Maybe you think, well, that's me. Maybe you, you know, who knows what kind of thinking you might be having pertaining to those things. I'm going to pray right now and I'm going to ask God to do something special for you. I'm going to ask him to begin highlighting those things. I'm going to ask God to begin doing some things where you begin to recognize, wait a second. This is something spiritual going on. Your mind begins to be open to it. For those of you that are believers, some of you believers, you need to, some... I mean, I'm telling you, I've had deliverance when I've been a believer too. Some of you need some of that happening in your, in your Christianity as well. But there's others of you here, you're like, I want to start using this faith. I want to start rising up to the next level. I don't want to say it can't be done. Instead, I'm going to go the other direction. And I'm going to say, I've been trying for this, but God's saying, not only this, but that's available. I'm going to open my borders of faith today and I'm going to press into those words and I'm going to see faith arise in me. And when I speak a word, it shall be done because I'm walking with God and I'm filled with the Word of God. Man, I just love that. Didn't Jesus say, get this Word in you? He says, if you get the Word in you, How do you get it? Remember, you got to hear. If you get this word in you uh, and it's living in you, ask what you will and it shall be done. Ask what you will and it shall be done. Man, there's so many good promises in the word, they've just got to come alive to us again through hearing. Amen. Well, Lord, we want to thank you today for the eternal word of God. Lord, it benefits some, it doesn't benefit others, but it's the same Word of God. And Lord, today we say, Lord, we receive the Word of God today, but not only that, Lord, we want this Word to grow in us. We want it to go deep. We want every barrier of faith in our mind to be broken down, where we can just say, God, whatever we believe, whatever all things are possible. There's nothing that we're supposed to be doing. There's no blessing that, that we ought to have. There's no healing, God, that's too big for you. All things are possible, and if we'd ask and only believe and not doubt, it shall be done. So today we pray, Lord, first of all, uh, unearth any doubts in us, unearth our culture of doubt, our culture of, of, uh, of embracing doubts and negativity, serving the Lord, loving the Lord, and yet embracing doubts. Lord, we pray, expose that in us. God, secondly, Lord God, we just pray, Lord, begin to speak to us things that we've said, oh, that would never happen. Lord, we've denied so many visions and things and dreams that you've given us, but we've just said, oh, how could that ever happen? God, today we just say, we believe, oh God, it doesn't matter what's happened last year, doesn't matter what's happened a whole life. We just say, we believe, we believe, we believe according to your word, oh God. And Father, we just thank You, Lord, for teaching us this week. As we get into Your Word, we are praying, make it alive to us, God. Speak to us. We are seeking You. We know that Your Word, yes, it's written naturally, but God, it's spiritual. God, it's spiritual food. It feeds us. It's planted on the inside of us. God, we pray, let the Word of God grow on the inside of this week. And as we meditate on this Word, as we chew on it morning, noon, and night, and we remember all things are possible. As we remember, if we can speak to that mountain, if we'll speak to it and believe, it'll move out of our way. Every demonic thing in our way will move if we will just speak to it and believe. And God, we thank you, you never ask us to do something we can't do. You're the one who perfects our faith. All we've got to do is go forward, and you'll perfect our faith. All we have to do is go forward, and you'll help us remove the doubts. God, we thank you for that. Now, Lord, we also, all of us together, God, we are in agreement. Lord, wherever there is a demonic root in anybody today, a demonic spirit of doubt, a demonic spirit of, of any kind of uh, uh, homosexual kind of uh, spirit or, or any kind of thing that's come to, in any individual to try to, to confuse, to torment, to, to, to confound. God, I am praying right now that each individual would realize there's hope in God This is not me. This is a spiritual force. God didn't make me like this. God's got something better for me. There's some people wrestling with depression and anxiety. Oh, it looks like just a pattern. That's not you. That is not you. You might say, well, I'm wired like this. Yes, you might be, but God didn't wire you that way. He's not giving you a spirit of fear, of depression, of discouragement, of anxiety, but of power and a sound, strong mind. God wants to set you free. He wants to clean up all that junk you thought was you, but it's not. He wants to set you free from all of that. Expand your faith this morning. God will help you. Don't think, oh, will He do it. Oh, I've wanted help before. God will do it. Amen.